Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this live episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I am here with Lou Weiss, who is the uh, founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're approaching our 10th anniversary. Interestingly enough, that 10th anniversary show, the inaugural show, was with the Institute for Supply Management. And joining us today is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair with the Institute for Supply Management Services Report on Business, which comprises the other 80-85% of the economy. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show, as always. Well, we're looking at the report. It it still looks, well, it's clearly still above 50. Uh, it's not uh, contracting uh, as aggressively as it was. So why don't you give us the highlights and then we'll dig into the details. Sounds great. Well, when we look at this month's release, composite index at 53.6, it's down ever so slightly 0.9 percentage points. When we look at the four indexes that comprise the composite index and they're each uh, weighted equally at 25%, business activity 58.8 is up 1.5 percentage points. Here's where the pullback occurs. New orders down to 51.8, down 5.7 percentage points from the 57.5. So we have to keep in mind, as I always state each month that we're measuring directional change so we're growing in new orders month over month, just at a lower rate than we had the prior month. Employment at 53.4 is down 1.3 percentage points from the 54.7. And deliveries now slowing a little bit, 50.4 just over the baseline, up from the 48.5 last month, which is an increase of 1.9 percentage points in that rate. So again, I'll focus in on the new orders where we saw that pullback and I mentioned last month on the show that I felt that August was almost like an acceleration that normally we would see those numbers in September and September being the pivotal month, it seemed like it was expedited. And we saw those numbers come in in August last month, like a month ahead of schedule when we look at things historically for this sector. But overall, when you look at the sector, we're still experiencing that incremental growth month over month and things are looking good for the services sector. Certainly does. Certainly does. Um, you, you and I had, I'd like to talk about the, the uh, backlog of orders. Uh, you and I had a conversation prior to, uh, prior to going live. I'd like you to explain what I found to be misunderstanding on my part. So the, the backlog of orders went up almost seven points, but yet the new orders went down by 5.7. So explain that to other people who might be thinking like me. Certainly, but I don't think anyone out there thinks like you, Lou. I mean, you are a unique person for sure. <laughs> Tim, so, make sure you put that into the testimonial. Yeah, right. <laughs> So new orders, as I mentioned, is still growing. So it's up a little bit over the 50 baseline. So we're measuring that change month over month. So that baseline moves each month. So we're measuring the change month over month. Now backlog 
to your point and, and referencing the conversation we had earlier, you said backlog increased. Well, it really didn't increase because there is no backlog. Anything below 50 reflects that there isn't any backlog. We're just getting closer to the baseline of where there might be backlog. So the rate of expedited deliveries and whatnot, and we're seeing that in supplier deliveries, this is all kind of related there. It's slowing a little bit, which it came up from the 48.5. So we could potentially see some backlog next month. Hard to say, we don't have the crystal ball, but what are the factors or the variables that impact all of these? We have improved capacity, yet some of our respondents also indicated that they're having some productivity issues as it relates to employment and quality of employees and things of that nature. We know demand has waned a little bit from where we were in prior months, but still we see activity is, is still growing. But overall, you know, we have to look at these things in totality and what's affecting the supply chain. And so we have a combination of many things going on and we can break it down individually, but I'll just give you a quick overview. So we have employment, which continues to be a mixed bag for companies. Some are saying we're not backfilling based on the attrition. We're not going to backfill. It's a variable expense that we can control. Others are saying we need to hire still continue to be a challenge for customer facing positions, retail, accommodation and food service. Those are the areas that have the hardest time, healthcare, social assistance, still having a tough time hiring people. It's still a competitive market out there for those industries. Other industries, not so much. They're just holding back right now and not filling those positions. I think overall, when you look at employment, when it comes to line level versus middle management versus upper management, they all have different aspects as to what the hiring uh, experience is right now in those areas. But overall, again, backlog, back to the original question, there is none at this point in time that could be the potential for it. Okay, well, I'm glad you explained it uh, because I'm sure I'm not the only one who was confused with that. So let's talk about some of your respondents and what they're saying. Well, we look at respondents' comments, and I like this first one out of the report. Prices are coming down across the board for most commodities. However, there are still a few areas where supply is not available on a consistent basis, or what is being delivered is not to specifications. And that came from accommodation and food services, and it goes back to what I said that uh, earlier today, that certain food commodities, they're still high in price. They are changing pack sizes and labeling and other things. If you're not seeing the same availability that we had pre-pandemic, it still hasn't come back fully yet. It's better than it was, say, a year ago, but uh, there's still some challenges there. The pricing power out there has waned a bit, uh, pulled back for suppliers more so than it was in the past, but yet prices still continue to increase as much as they moderated from where we were up near you know, that 70 percentile range seven, several months ago. Um, you know, going back to other types of comments that we have, uh, and I like this one from Professional Scientific and Technical Services, the fourth quarter is looking better than forecast, which is good because the third quarter of 2023 was below plan. Our customers are cautiously optimistic for a solid domestic performance despite troubles in select foreign markets. So overall, we know the U.S. market is doing better than some of the overseas markets. 
There are some, as I put in the report, potential headwinds, which is extrapolated right from that comment there that you see uh, how it's impacting professional scientific and technical services, one of those areas that exports from the services sector. Hmm. Well, it'd be interesting, Anthony, as we roll forward through the next three months, I haven't yet seen the uh, Q3 GDP estimate number going to be around two someplace. The year is going to be around two someplace when everybody was predicting a recession, as you recall. We talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, it sounds like your respondents are looking for a stronger fourth quarter, which I find encouraging and interesting. Uh, are there any particular things that are driving that? Um, is it consumer confidence? Uh, is it the absence of jobs, which the stock market reacted too badly because there were more openings than they expected. Anything you can put your finger on in this report that uh, indicates why they're feeling pretty rosy about the fourth quarter? Well, if you look at, we're starting to trend more toward uh, what we've seen in the past historically, right? So uh, we know that the last quarter is always typically fairly strong for the services sector. It's just a matter of how strong and it's contingent upon what goes on with the retail trade and how people spend and travel for the holiday season. Uh, we know we typically have, as I said in the past, we had September as the pivotal month. I think it was accelerated by one month to August. September still looks pretty good, not as strong as August. And the indications are from respondents that, you know, we're moving from that spend of the summer where it was experiences, that summer boom spending was experiences. Now we're starting to move more into commodity type spending. And then we'll see that with the holiday season and the travel as well, which goes back into the experiences. So I think that uh, overall we should, uh, even though there was a pullback in new orders, and you have to understand that the cycle time for new orders and services is much shorter than what you see on the manufacturing side. Um, I like to think that we're more efficient, more productive, and more intelligent than services, but I can't say that. It has to do with you know, the type of output that we have here in services. It's more demand pull, and uh, so I anticipate that we'll see a, a fourth quarter that'll be uh, fairly good uh, and that we won't have any, unless there's something catastrophic that happens, I don't anticipate we should see any kind of, uh, you know, pullback in, in the uh, services sector going into this last quarter. We, we were talking to uh, uh, Tim uh, Fiore the other day uh, for the manufacturing side. And uh, I brought up about oil, and, um, you know, $100 oil, uh, you know, it's terrible at the gas pump, it's terrible in your pocket. But for manufacturing, a $100 barrel is good because people are, they're, 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 they need to buy more stuff. They, uh, and, and for our business, All Metals and Forge Group, $100 oil, bang, love it, love it. Don't love it at the pump but it does help our business. Does oil affect the service side at all? It does, and it impacts it negatively on the pricing side of things. Yeah. That's why the price index is still, it's unchanged, which is surprising considering that fuel prices have risen. But if you think about it, and, and manufacturing has the same uh, issues in the sense of uh, with remote or disparate locations that you have in multi-unit service industries and they're reliant on overland trucking 
So that fuel surcharge, that ugly fuel surcharge comes into play unless it works its way back directly into the overall total cost of ownership for a product or service because of the fuel cost. And then you have the petroleum-based products that are also impacted. Everything from can liners to you name it is impacted by those petroleum-based products. So the cost of fuel does uh, impact services uh, like it does everyone else in the country, in the pocket. I think that the higher price oil sort of has a, a, an intellectual impact on manufacturers that say, you know what, I, bought a, I better buy more stuff before the price gets to $120 a barrel. And that's sort of what we've seen time and time again. But meanwhile, I think oil is now down to $90 again. So... You know, it's amazing how I remember participating in some roundtables and hearing uh, individuals from the airline industry about an even a two cent change in the cost of fuel for them hits their bottom line so hard. Mm. And that's why they forward buy as much as they do when it comes to fuel. And that's why you sometimes see in the commodities report, fuel prices can be both up and down and it's a timing issue of when these individuals, whether they hedged, you know, or they forward bought versus, you know, let me ride the market and get hit over the head by it. Right. <laughs> I, I recently read where a container ship coming from the Middle East filled with oil may be bought and sold three or four times before it hits a U.S. port. So it, it clearly is a very volatile sector and hard for anybody to predict. I, I wouldn't play in that genre at all. But talking about your industry, you measure 18 industries in this report. 13 are up, five are struggling. Yes. So who's up, who's struggling? So who's up and who's struggling? And when you look at the composite index, it's easier to read who's struggling out of the 13 industries that, you know, going up. But uh, from the bottom up, you have agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting, arts, entertainment, and recreation. No surprise there, right? With the writer strike, SAG strike, like one, one side settled, but SAG still, you know, they're not, they're not uh, playing ball right now with, with, the, uh, with the studios or vice versa, depending on which side of the table you're on. And then you have accommodation and food services, which is a pullback just from the summer boom, right? And then you have management of companies and support services. And then last is wholesale trade out of those five industries that have changed or contracted month over month. And what's leading the way at the top of the list for growth, and I'll name the top three you have, well, I'll name the top two because then you don't ask me a question about the third one. And I don't really want to deal with that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the top uh, are real estate rental and leasing. And the second is retail trade. And then if I say third, it's mining. And you're going to ask me something about mining. And I'm like, I had no clue. <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask you a question about wholesale trade. I would have thought that with the upcoming uh, holiday season that they'd be pretty healthy. It's just a pullback month over month. So I think we'll see that increase next month. And, you know, wholesale trade is always a great measurement. It goes back to what I said about the disparate locations and overland trucking. And wholesale trade, they're the intermediaries. They're the 
you know, they add that value in the supply chain, the distribution channel, bringing it from the source and having that uh, intermediary, intermodal piece for uh, the end user, for the, for the ultimate end user um, on the um, uh, services industry. So yeah, it's always a good, always a good one to look at that transportation and warehousing, always good indicators of how things are going, but definitely more real time versus, you know, when you look at it, there's the cycle times a little less than what you see on the manufacturing. So Anthony was laying in the weeds about mining. <laughs> We've been trying to horse trade mining out of the service sector forever. So yeah, yeah. We, keep, we keep saying that and I won't, I don't know about construction, you know, because they're really not, they're not really producing anything. They're just assembling stuff. And I don't right. mean to offend any contractors out there by any stretch. I, I, I come from a family of that. So my grandfather was a, a, a contractor. So I don't want to, I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, well, yeah, that's not the purpose of our uh, of our conversation, but uh, it is to educate all the people in this sector and manufacturing as well. Lou, yeah, I that manufacturing with mining, I you know, I'm going to get that over into the manufacturing sector. I'm going to have to talk to uh, Tim Fury about that. You know, it goes back to what Tim Fury always says when he gives his definition, you know, or delineation between services versus manufacturing and manufacturing is taking raw materials and you know transforming them into a, a finished product right, right. or right. some kind of component that is a finished product versus on the services side is there something really produced that is you know an assembled product is much different say on the on the construction side where you're taking finished goods and just assembling them together when you're building a house or a building you're not really manufacturing anything and mining, you know, is what it is. It's the same thing. It's that same, that same uh, philosophy applies to that as well. And again, these are NAICS codes. I don't come up with them. We have to talk to the guys in the department of commerce, the federal government. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forget that. Yeah. That's over <laughs> with Anthony you mentioned headwinds. Clearly prices are still uh up there they're beginning to taper off are there other than pricing are there any other headwinds that we should be watching we have to keep an eye on what's going on geopolitically right i mean europe is still a mess uh in, as far as certain things and, and most certainly we have the russia ukraine war still going on uh we're not hearing as much about it other than the funding coming out of congress but i can tell you that you know, it does affect the global markets for sure uh, with the certain materials that as on the manufacturing side, everyone knows is uh, more so than what I do that what's coming out of uh, international markets with lithium and cobalt and things of that nature, natural gas and, you know, other things. And so that's, that's uh, some potential headwinds. Inflation is still rearing its ugly head from time to time. Uh, so we'll have to see. I think it's more of our respondents being cautious than anything else. So uh, it looks like that we're going to have a fairly decent fourth quarter, um, apparently. Um, and typically in our industry, uh, the manufacturing, uh, the fourth quarter, and then talking about the first quarter of 24, it's like a six-month roll. You know, we kind of roll right into a higher level of uh, business activity. 
Uh, how does that work uh, with uh, the services as well? It's similar. Uh, we see the fourth quarter always, uh, uh, and you have to say, you know, looking back pre-pandemic, right? Because that's when things were, you could have historical trends and then we had the anomalies that were associated with the pandemic, you know, coming out of with all that pent up demand and it kind of threw things sideways a bit as far as looking at trends. But um, similarly, we see the fourth quarter strong. J January has a little bit of a lull that may carry over into the first part of February. It's usually the latter part of February that it picks up. And then we see that, you know, steady kind of growth up until we hit the uh, the summer holiday season, and then it kind of pulls back a little bit, and then the tail end of the summer picks up. So it's similar. You have more of a lull in the summer on manufacturing, a lot of plant closures, capital reinvestment, things of that nature. Right, that's true, that's true. I remember in the day that manufacturing companies, I lived in, uh, I lived in uh, Connecticut, and uh, we were dealing with the aerospace industry up there and uh, Pratt and Whitney and Sikorsky and so on. And they had 600 at that time, 600 subcontractors. Pratt and Whitney would shut down for two weeks and so did 600 other companies. They would yeah. just shut down. Everybody forced vacations, fixed the machines, maintenance and all of that. They don't do that anymore, but it was wild when they did it in, that, in those days. Absolutely. You know, back in the day, we manufactured a great deal of textiles in this country compared to where we are today, right? That's right. all been offshore. Uh, we don't see much here. There's a few mills here and there, but back in the day, when, before it was all offshore, uh, or I should say, yeah, uh, offshore, um, they closed in the summer. For two weeks and it was the yeah. same thing you couldn't get any linen deliveries towels or anything there was it was just shut down right right but times well, change yes one of the factors i'm watching that has an impact on services is consumer confidence which has been up fairly well until september when i saw the first sign of weakening has that impacted the sector yet not yet, but it does have an impact. I mean, it has on the spending side of things, uh, retail especially, but yet look at where retail is. Retail's still up there. Uh, so it hasn't had that impact. Maybe we might see a little pullback on retail next month. And, and then, you know, for the, or I should say for October's numbers, but then we know it's going to pick up again in November as we start seeing that, you know, Black Friday and everything else. And, whatever the one that's over the internet on Monday. And you know, we got all these different <laughs> different types of uh, designations now for uh, this uh, online world that we live in today. Yeah, I understand that sales are starting in October this year. So we'll probably see something the week of Halloween. Yes. So that, that'll pick things up. Well, Anthony, we appreciate you coming on every month to update our viewers and listeners on what is happening with the services sector. We are seeing a, a significant growth in views of our YouTube podcasts. So we're up in the tens of thousands now of people who come in and view this show as well as our other shows. So uh, we appreciate you being with us. You're becoming famous. 
Well, you know, happy 10th anniversary to all of you at Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Thank glad you. I wasn't an impediment or a detraction <laughs> from your growth over that period of time because it's not been many years that I've been on the show and certainly not all 10. I used to do a cameo appearance once in a while in every semi-annual. And for some reason, you guys had me on every month and at least it hasn't been a, a you know, a negative impact for you. So I appreciate that. But your, your salary raised good. Well, you know, I just love that bonus I get too. Yeah, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll have to talk to the uh, powers of me. All right. It was great talking to you as usual. Likewise. And we'll talk have to you. Have a great day. Thanks, gentlemen. Next and month. For those of you watching the show, be sure to subscribe. And if you like the uh, show, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit all the buttons. We love having more viewers and more listeners. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone. Take care, Tim. You too, Lou. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.